Hey, this is Bradley Weber. I'm the pastor of Release City Church, and this is our podcast. I'm super excited that you tuned in, and I really hope today's message encourages you, gives you a sense of hope, and inspires you to pursue all that God has created you to be. Now, let's jump right in to today's message. Christmas isn't just a time to decorate your house, to spend time with loved ones, and to open long-awaited presents. Christmas is a time to remember, to remember that salvation doesn't come from within, it comes from above. To remember that infinitely better than the magic of Christmas is the miracle of Emmanuel. To remember that God was not and is not untouched by the pain and suffering of this world. To remember that Jesus isn't just part of the Christmas story, but Christmas is part of the Jesus story. To remember that there is no grace without a cross and no cross without a manger. To remember that Jesus doesn't just want us to remember what he did, but to join him in what he is doing. So this year, Let the lights remind you of the light of the world who came into darkness for us. Let the gifts remind you of the greatest gift of all. And this year, make your heart like Bethlehem and receive the King. Amen, 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 amen. Come on, somebody say Christmas is all about the King. Not about a tree, not about the gifts. Those things are nice and they're beautiful to look at. But how many knows there is no greater gift than the gift of God's Son to us? Amen? Amen, amen. amen. I love that line in that, I don't know if you caught it, but it said Jesus doesn't want us to remember what he did, but to join him in what he is doing. And I'm just going to be honest with you, church. I'm, I'm partial to you anyway, obviously. But there is, that, that is the perfect picture and description of, of our church family. What happened last night in our city that you guys made happen is not just, oh, let's come in here every weekend and talk about what he's done through his scriptures, but let's show our community. Let's join in in what he is doing. Amen? Because I'm just going to be honest, he's on a mission to save the world. It meant so much to God himself that he sent his son Jesus. It's what we celebrate, Right? And, and so if we don't get on board with what he's wanting to do, we're going to miss out on being used to make it happen. And I'm telling you what, I just want to be a vessel. I want to be used for whatever. I mean, as we were dropping bikes in front of little, little littles last night, and just, I, I just, it wasn't just to put the bike. It was I wanted to connect with their eyes. I wanted to look. I wanted them to see. I'll never forget I was in the presence of, of somebody who is, I could probably name their name, and you would, you would know them or know of them in ministry. And, and I'll never forget looking in their, their baby blue eyes, this, this, this gentleman who had been in ministry for so long, and it literally was like I was looking into the eyes of Jesus. I'm not trying to be funny. I'm not trying to be spooky. I'm, there was such a purity and such a, such, a, such a clarity. And it's like, I want to be, that's my prayer. I want to be that. I want people to see Jesus, not some skinny little bald-headed white boy with, with a little gray. I want them to see Jesus. I was trying to be funny right there. Y'all are a little tight up in here this morning. But I, just, I, I want them to feel the love of Christ the way that I have felt it through my life. 
And I'm gonna go ahead and tell you, those that are, that are visiting, uh, this is not a perfect pastor. This is not a perfect church. And these are not perfect people that sit among you. We're all broken people living in a broken world and we're trusting God to help us get all the way through this thing till we reach eternity, amen? <laughs> Hallelujah. I feel like it's gonna be a good day up in here, up in here, up in here. So again, I wanted to say thank you uh, on behalf of the leadership team and, and Amy and myself for those that came, gave, served everything to make uh, it possible. I was challenged as we, as we made our way back uh, after the parade and, and to double next year. Double bikes, double bears. Somebody says, what's that mean? That means in April, after we've collected 40,000 uh, eggs for Easter for our community, we're going to start doing bears. We're going to stack them things up wherever we can. Because it's, it's a sad moment when you, when you reach the last few moments of the parade and you're walking by 500 to 1,000 kids and you have nothing to give them. Amy and I both were troubled in our spirit because uh, we just know the need is great and um, I want to do better. That, did we do something wrong? No, 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 no. We just need to do more. Because God wants us to do more. So don't feel the pressure. God, look, as long as we will go like this and release what we have in our hands, he will multiply it. You'll see so many doggone baby bears and bikes, you ain't even know what to do. But that's next year. Amen. Nudge your neighbors, tell them, say, get ready. Hope you're still here with us to experience what God is going to do. Everybody feeling good this morning? You feeling good? Y'all loving this Christmas summer? Yeah. We try to, the only time you experience cold is when you come to church at Release City on Sundays. We keep the air down for you. Amen. Christmas is probably one of my most favorite times of year. I have so many childhood memories, moment, moment, memories of, of um, being in, 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 in church plays and, and uh, the ladies in the church turning me into a little sheep, you know, the little cardboard cutout. And you're, I can't get on my knees to show you what because I wouldn't be able to get back up. But that little cardboard and you just kind of go across the stage. Like I remember all that stuff. And, and, but what I love most about Christmas is the moments that we have to pause and reflect on the birth of our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. That is what it's all about. It's all about Jesus. All the extra is a byproduct of what he showed us, and we're going to get into that today in God's Word. As we dive into God's Word, I, I always like to welcome those listening uh, by Facebook Live and those that are tuned in through podcasts. We are so honored, and we do not take for granted those that, um, that connect with us via the internet. I just believe that we will utilize every resource that we have. It may not look the best. It may just be an iPhone and not a camera, but those days are coming, and we will make sure that, that as long as we have a voice and as long as there's a way to do it, we are going to present the gospel of Jesus Christ and give them hope for the world. Amen. <clears throat> so if you're in the building or online, whatever, if you're taking notes, now if you're driving, guys, if you're on podcast listening, this is just let it go in your spirit. Don't stop. Don't be trying to write. But, but I want to give you the title of today's message is simply this, the ultimate gift exchange. I just had to, you guys get to hear all the jokes all the time. I thought I'd tell one for the people listening on podcasts, you know, keep your hands on the wheel, 10 and two, just, just receive the word. Amen. Amen. The ultimate gift exchange. I encourage you to take notes today. This is going to be some really, really, really hot, hot material. John 3.16. How many know it? John 3.16 is probably one of the most famous verses in the Bible. You know, one of the reasons I think it's the most famous in the Bible is because it tells us the complete story of the Bible in one verse. 
There's lots of details. How many know there's details in life? We like details. There's lots of details. But the ultimate mission and purpose is found and captured in John 316, it talks about the reason that we gather in here every week. It, it, tells, it, it shows us and points us to the reason that we celebrate Christmas every year. If you know it, say it with me. For God so loved the world that he, he what? A portion or all? He gave everything. He gave his one and only son that whoever believes in him shall not perish but have eternal life. So the very first Christmas was started because, you know, Christmas, there was not Christmas before Christ. <laughs> the very first Christmas started with a gift. Now, I, I, I won't get into details like um, it really didn't happen in December because I don't want to mess up all your stuff. And all the beautiful little nativity scenes that we put out through our house, not all them people were there, okay? I know some of you are like, wait, what? Just, we can get into the Word and I'll show you, but... but it, it, it all boils down to salvation was sent for us who need it. And that's all of us in the room. Amen. Second Corinthians chapter five. There's many theologians. We're going to read this in just a second. I'm going to go ahead and turn there. Many theologians actually call this verse um, the great exchange. Today we're talking about the ultimate gift exchange, but they've labeled it. Second Corinthians chapter five, 21, the great exchange. And it kind of further explains and articulates John 3, 16. Let me read it for you. 2 Corinthians chapter 5, 21 says, For God made Christ, who never sinned, to be the offering for our sin. And there's another translation that says, He made God to be sin. I mean, God made His Son, Jesus, to be sin. He was sinless, but He, was, he, he became all the sin was put on Him. Why? So that we could be made right with God through Christ. Hot news flash. There is not anything that you need to do further than accept and receive Jesus. There's nothing else you can do to get close to God. It's already been done. So, so this is not one of those churches that says you got to turn all these tricks, you got to do all the check off all these boxes, and then maybe you'll make it into heaven. Don't work that way. For God so loved the world that he gave his only son that whoever believes in him shall not perish but have eternal life it's the ultimate gift exchange now it does seem one-sided have you ever been a part of a gift exchange and you give something amazingly fabulous and you get like a mcdonald's gift card for a sunday you, you, like right some of y'all like wait i gotta take that sunday back <laughs> see we bring ourselves to God and say, here's my sin. And God says, yeah, and here's what my son did for that sin. And I'm going to offer you forgiveness. It's a package deal. You ever had one of those gifts that has all these other little compartments with it? Like you got a big box that's wrapped with a bow. Then you got another box that's attached to it, wrapped with a bow. All the, this is what God doesn't just give us one. He gives us the whole package. The whole package. That's why it's called the ultimate gift Exchange. We give our sin in exchange for his forgiveness and salvation. I came today to tell you that no matter what you've done in your life, no matter where you've been, no matter what has happened to you or been done to you, listen, God, the creator of the universe, and you, loves you 
He loves you. That's what the card said last night that was attached to all the bears. God loves you. Some people, they've heard, but they don't get it. They don't, never received it. We didn't give a bear in response to, to get something back. We gave you a bear, and we gave you a double package. Gave you a bear, gave you a bite, and put a little message on it that said, God loves you. You were loved. We're still, I'll never forget a couple years ago when we first started giving the bikes, we got this message from a grandmother who was raising their, uh, their grandchild and she said, the, the bike was for my baby, but the message was for me because I needed to know that God saw me where I am and what I'm going through and he loves me. And you don't know what the card, little card meant. <clears throat> we don't even put an emphasis on that. We talk about what came in for bikes and bears, but because of your giving throughout the year, we're able to make purchases and not just write it on an index card. Man, we want it to be glossy and glamour. We want people to know, man, this is the beauty of Christ's love for you. God loves you. He gave everything he had, his son, why? To, to pay the price for our sins. And he did it so that you and I could put all of our faults and all of our failures into his hands. Not a single person that showed up in this church today is perfect. We all got issues. We all got problems. Some of y'all hide them better than others, but we all got it. <laughs> well, why you got it? Well, because it's true, Pastor. I mean, it's true. It's true. See, God is saying to us today, hand me your sin and I'll hand you salvation. Give me your sin and I'll give you my spirit. See, when the Spirit of the Lord comes and you say, Jesus, come into my heart. But when God begins, the Holy Spirit begins to inhabit and take up residence in your life and lives inside of you, it will allow you to do things that you never thought you could do. When His Spirit dwells on the inside of you, it will allow you to get through some things that you never thought you would get through. I mean, look back on your life. Just look back on, I can say, look back on 2020 and we're all still here. Look back on this past 360 whatever days that we, we've just lived through this year. And think about all the bad stuff that you had to overcome. It's because of his grace and his mercy and his love for you. Well, if he loved me, preacher, how come I had to go through it? I said it last week. I'm going to say it again. He never wastes a season. So if it's tough, there's something that he's trying to teach you in the middle of the toughness. Amen? The best part of this is when, he, when we die... Sure, we get forgiveness, we get grace and mercy while we're here, but when our life on earth is done, when I receive Christ, I get to spend eternity. See, death, is, death, is, death happens for the unbeliever, but I'll live forever. My parents passed away two years ago, but they're not my, my dad and Robin. But guess what? They're not dead. I just can't see them. Oh, I'll see them again, but I can't lay eyes on them today. Shafar, go grab that. Go grab it. Dad, mm, I, I just blew it. There's, there's a horn by my chair. I was up here. I'm not blowing it because we hadn't had time to clean it out, and I'll tell you why. We were, we were Josh and Brittany and I, that's my siblings, for those of you who don't know the full story. They, they um, and see, I won't even plan on this, but the Holy Spirit said, so, 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 so uh, we were talking about da dad and some things, and, and, and we were talking about the shofar. Now, this is actually a, this is an instrument um, that, it's, it's a horn, but it's as in, it goes on an animal. <laughs> And so he's like, I've never seen one like that. And so, but the, they, the worshipers would actually blow this when they would go into battle. And sometimes the only battle, the only thing they had to do was blow the horn. And all the troops were like, they were ready, but nothing else needed to be done because they, blow the, they blew the shafar. 
And then after the victory came, they would blow it again. I would show you, but, but yesterday, as we were preparing for the, for the parade, I, I, I dropped a cord under the stage. And I had to rip back the sheet right there, and I flashed my, my light in there, and I saw Dad's shafar covered in cobwebs. And I was like, Jesus, please protect, because they were everywhere. And, that, and I stretched my arm, and I grabbed it out. I cleaned it up. I wanted to blow it, but we're going to make sure there's no little, little guys in there. You know what I'm saying? This is, this, now those of you that have been around the ministry for years and saw dad and when we, in our moments when we're just in a little church and he would blow this thing, let me tell you something. Sometimes all you need to do is make some noise. When you're in the middle of the battle that I was talking about, all you need to do sometimes is just make some noise. I wish I could. I just don't, I'm just going to be honest. My faith ain't enough to, to know that something might not come out because they're agitated that I blew air in this thing. But I'm telling you, make some noise. Make some noise. Make some noise. If you can't do anything else but shout out the name of Jesus. Put a little note on it. Jesus! Make some noise. I don't know why you came today. God does. I don't know what you need today. But God does. And I just believe that before you leave this place today, God is going to do something amazing in your life. We're talking about the ultimate gift exchange. So this week I started preparing for today's talk and I started reading the Christmas story thinking, how can I, how, I mean, you can't do, I mean, it's the same message, it's the same story. How in the world do you teach on the Christmas story? It's the same thing it has been for over 2,000 years, right? But it hit me. The story of the birth of Jesus is actually the first Christmas gift exchange. It's God saying, I give you my son. Then later in in Jesus' life, Jesus said these words, I've come to give you my life. And that's when the great exchange begins to happen. And this was also modeled by three men that weren't, but at the, at the, they are in our nativity, our little beautiful ceramics that we put in our house on our tables. But the three wise men, they also displayed the ultimate gift exchange. And it was modeled by these three men. Let's read it. Matthew chapter 2. They're known as the wise men, by the way. I told you I wasn't going to mess up your, your thinking of, wait, they weren't there? No, they came later. Jesus was... Still, still a boy, but no longer a baby. And let's just go to that night. Matthew chapter 2, verse 11. I almost read you a different verse. Here it is. We'll get to that one in a minute, B. So they entered. Who's they? The three wise men. They entered the house and saw the child with his mother Mary, and they bowed down and worshipped him. They opened their treasure chest and gave him gifts of gold, frankincense, and myrrh. I'm just curious today. How many's ever been to a baby shower and somebody gave gold, frankincense, and myrrh? For real? Okay. I understand gold. Like you can give a you could give a bracelet. Um, 
Has anybody actually seen a baby registry that has that check, gold, frankincense, and myrrh? I'm trying to make a point, so don't nobody raise your hand, okay? Because this is going to go a lot, whole lot better. Because my point is this. <laughs> Have you ever gotten something you're like, what do I do with this? <laughs> you ever got a cooking, cooking, ladies, you ever got something for your kitchen to cook with and you're really not sure what it is and you give them that, 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 that lie? And you take it home and you put it somewhere else. So when somebody's birthday comes around, you give it away and hope that it, did you remember who it was you gave it, that gave it to you so you don't give it back to them? I saw this meme the other day that said, if the three wise men were three wise women, I mean, what in the world? Gold, frankincense, and myrrh. But if the three wise men were three wise women, the women would have, first of all, asked for directions because y'all know we don't do that, right? Come on, where's all my men? Yeah, yeah, right? They would ask for directions. They would have arrived on time. I already told you they didn't show up when baby Jesus was born. They would have arrived on time. They would have helped with the delivery, cleared the stable, made a casserole, brought practical gifts, and there would have been peace on earth. <laughs> How about this one? I think that that getting a gift and not knowing what to do with it, I think the first time that really happened was when the three wise men brought what they brought to Jesus. What do you do with it? Like, really? Diaper party, pampers, do something, right? But later in the story, it talks about after the three wise men left, because there was a bounty on the head of Jesus, and King Herod was trying to find him to kill him, it says they had to flee. I don't know about you, but the journey to where they were headed was a great distance. You can read it. How many knows it takes money to travel? What was one of the three gifts? Gold. God will always give you what you need when you need it. And you might not always know why you're getting it in the moment. But I'm telling you, if you'll keep your eyes focused on him, you'll understand that this gift was for a purpose and a reason. Now, 700 years prior to the birth of Jesus, the prophet Isaiah talks, talks about Jesus. 700 years before he was wrapped in a manger, lying, lying in a manger, wrapped in swaddling clothes. We know all that. But 700 years before that, Isaiah talked about it. Let's go to Isaiah chapter 61. This is actually the verse that when we change the name of the ministry to Release City, this is actually the verse that this comes from. It says this, for the spirit of the sovereign Lord is upon me, for the Lord has anointed me to bring good news. Everybody say good news. Good news to the poor. Now, I did some research on that word poor because I didn't feel like it had anything to do with financial gain or financial uh, uh, stability. Um, it's actually in the original language, the word poor is actually referring to the conditions of the heart. Or it also refers to being depressed in your mind because of circumstances anybody ever been there you can have it you think about it you got you got all these people out in hollywood got all kinds of money but they're poor they're depressed in their mind because they don't have anything to support the lifestyle other than the money and the, how many know the money will not make it happen for you the only answer that they need is jesus Money's not bad. It's the love of money that's the root of evil. Money's not evil. It's what we do with it that changes and the transaction becomes tainted. 
So 700 years before the very first Christmas, God says through the prophet Isaiah, I'm going to read it again. The spirit of the sovereign Lord is upon me for the Lord has anointed me to bring good news to the poor. He has sent me to comfort the brokenhearted. Talking about a gift exchange. Look here now. He sent me to comfort the brokenhearted and to proclaim that the captives will be released. And prisoners will be freed. So, so God says through the prophet Isaiah, I know this feeling of sadness and depression is part of being a broken human in a broken world. But don't worry, I'm sending help. Help is on the way. What was Isaiah saying? He's saying, I've got good news. That's what he said. I bring you good news to the poor. Help is on the way. He's talking about the ultimate gift exchange. Can you imagine proclaiming something and then you die? 700 years go by and they still didn't see the answer. How many of you willing to wait that long? Well, if he don't show up by Friday, plan B. Plan B will get you in trouble. Plan B will put you back on the drawing board and let's relook at this thing. See... We see it throughout Scripture where, 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 where it talks about there's going to be salvation to take care of sin. There's going to be stepping out of darkness so we can get into the light. There's going to be good news for depression. There's going to be healing for broken hearts. Let me keep reading. Verse 2. He has sent me to the... This is Isaiah, 700 years before Jesus arrives on the scene. He has sent me to tell those who mourn that the time of the Lord's favor has come and with it, the day of God's anger against their enemies. See, we want our enemies to suffer. We want the people that have been talking about us, saying stupid stuff. Listen, God will take care of them. You keep your eyes focused on the direction you're going. Maybe that's happening so that you can get your eyes over there, and now you're no, you're no longer where you're supposed to be headed. Because where your eyes go, your body follows. Verse 3. To all who mourn in Israel, he will give a crown of beauty for ashes, a joyous blessing instead of mourning, festive praise instead of despair. In their righteousness, they will be like great oaks that the Lord has planted for his own glory. He never promised us that we won't go through storms, but he says, if you'll be in me and I in you, you'll be like a great oak. That's, let me tell you something. There's some, there's some great oaks in the state of Florida, and there have been a lot of hurricanes, and guess what? It made a... It made a, it made a took off a branch but that thing is still standing now if you got a water oak don't mistake we used to have a house in florida that it didn't matter if it sprinkled that tree would drop it's crazy just sprinkle rain little wind but a great oak look at your neighbor tell him say i'm a great oak <laughs> so so verse two and three more exchanges are happening where there's mourning, God's favor is coming to comfort you. He's going to exchange and give beauty for ashes. Do you see what's happening? Isaiah is saying, don't worry, I've got good news. The Savior is coming. Seven, 700 years go by, and on the first Christmas, what does the angel say to the shepherds? So glad you asked. Luke, I know, you're something. Man, we all over the Bible. What happened to you just reading one little passage of Scripture, telling us the story, and then break it down? January's coming, but right now we've got to break all this down, Okay. Luke chapter 2, 8 through 10 says this. That night there were shepherds staying in the fields nearby, guarding their flocks of sheep. Suddenly the angel of the Lord appeared, appeared among them, and the radiance of the Lord's glory surrounded them, and they were 
terrified. But the angel reassured them. What? Same thing Isaiah said 700 years before. Listen, don't be afraid, he said. I bring you. I bring you. That's why we come in here is so that I can give you good news. I can put hope in front of you when all you've seen is hopelessness all week long. It's called good news that will bring great joy to all the people. So 700 years before the first Christmas, the prophet said good news is on the way. On the day Jesus arrives on the scene, the angel says good news is here. Now, I'm not going to read this to you, but in Luke chapter 4, there's a much older Jesus who walks into a church service kind of like this, and he opens up that same passage of Scripture in Isaiah that I just read to you, and he talks about all these exchanges that are, that are happening that we just read. He opens it up and he reads it. He reads Isaiah 61, and then he hands it back to, to the crowd and says, I don't want there to be any misunderstanding. The person that, you just read, that I just read to you, that's me. I'm the good news. I don't want there to be any, any misunderstanding. These are great guys that have read this before, but who they've pointed you to, I'm here. I'm now here. I see you. I know what you're going through, and I've got you. That's what he said. Brokenhearted, I, I, got, I got healing for that. I don't know what you came for today, but God, listen to me. God sees you. He knows where you are. He feels the pain that you're experiencing. I got you. What's he talking about? Let me show you the exchange. For depression, I've got good news. For a broken heart, I'll give you healing. If you feel like a prisoner, I'll, I've got freedom for you. You'll be set free. If you recognize that you're a sinner, I'm your salvation. When you mourn, I'll bring comfort. When you're grieving, I'm your provider. When you feel as though the world is, is nothing, your world is nothing but ashes, I'll turn it around into something amazingly beautiful. And when you feel sad, I've got joy. And when you're down in despair, I've got a garment of praise. All you got to do is show up and make some noise. So let me ask you this morning, in just the few moments that we have left, do any of those things, the grieving, the, the depression, the heartbreak, the I'm a sinner, I'm, I'm, I feel like I'm locked to this habit that I just can't seem to shake, does any of that stuff describe how you're feeling? Listen, it's usually around the holidays and around Christmas that people start to feel this way. Trust me, I know. Because the holidays have this way of jarring our memories. Anybody there? See, we remember the people that aren't with us anymore to celebrate. We start thinking things like, this is, this is who isn't here anymore. This is what I don't have. This is what I'm not. I can't believe that the news, this news that I'm receiving from a doctor, that this is what my family is having to deal with right now. I can't believe this is where my finances are after all this at, at, at my age. I can't believe this is where I am right now in my life. Listen, so what is Christmas all about? It's all about Jesus. It's all about a king. He's not just a king. He's the king. He's the king, as dad used to say, he's the king on top of the king. (laughs) 
So what did Jesus come for? So that we could exchange what we have. Write this down if you're taking notes. Why did Jesus come? Away in a manger, no crib for a bed. Why did he come? So that we could exchange what we have for what he, he has. What he has to offer. That we would exchange what we're not for who he is. For who he is. Maybe you're here today, and as I read through some of those emotions that we all deal with, you identify with one of them. Maybe you identify with a lot of them. Broken heart, depressed, betrayed. Jesus will be our comfort, our joy, and our healing. You know that. But many of us in this room go, how do I, how do I tap into that? How do I get that? How, how, do, how, do I, how do I shake off this sadness and this depression and this anxiety when all I'm doing is looking at spreadsheets that I just feel like bills are piling up on? How do, I, how do I get that? How do I open this amazing gift? Or maybe I could use that gift. I could use that. But, but how, do I, how, do I, how do I apply that to my, how do I make that happen? Can I tell you? See, because for some of us, we've convinced ourselves that in order to get it, to, 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 to experience this and all that God has for us, we got to have some kind of secret decoder. Or we got to be a theologian. Or we got to go to seminary for all these years. Let me tell you something. All you got to, listen, all you got to do, here it is, here's the answer, is get in his presence. You, you get in his word, that's his presence. <laughs> you start repeating his word, he'll show up. You start getting into his word, repeating his word, the devil has to flee. What am I saying? You can experience the presence of God anytime, anywhere. You don't have to wait till Sunday and the team comes up. You can, it can happen in your house. Man, I encourage you, man, if you don't own an Alexa or whatever them devices are, Echo, whatever, man, get you one. Put it in your house. If you're still old school, get that little boombox CD player out. Put you some worship. Put you a worship disc in there. And play that. When you leave your house, you play that worship music, and, and the presence of God will flow through your house. All that bickering and fighting and kids and yeah, 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 and all this stuff, it will cease. The presence of God is what changes it. Listen, stepping into, the, stepping into the presence of God is the easiest thing you'll ever do. And, but we've marketed it, and yes, I said it. The church has marketed getting into the presence of God is so much harder. Matthew chapter 7, verse 7. Says this, keep on asking. So how, how, how do we do it? How do we experience it? How do I make it tangible in my life? Here it is. Keep on asking and you will receive what you ask for. Keep on seeking and you will be filled. Keep on knocking and the door will be opened. Listen, what's God saying? Just communicate with me. Just give me a sign that you want and need me. That's all you got to do. I'll never forget when Ansley Grace, uh, uh, maybe, maybe junior year, I can't remember, the little uh, cheerleading accident. It doesn't matter. It happened. That's all that matters. At 10th grade, 12th grade, I want to be accurate. 
senior. She was up in one of those stunts, and they and we're, we're it's an away game. We're up in the stands, and they dropped our baby girl. There's no there's no pad down there. That's hard ground. That's hard ground. And I'll never forget. Somebody came to us and said she's got blood gushing off her face because somebody need her, elbowed her, something, got her right, gashed right here. Still got a mark, if I'm not mistaken. And I'll never forget, she just looked at us when we came. Daddy showed up. I, I ain't supposed to be inside the fence. I got all that, secure campus, whatever. You start messing with my baby girl, even if it was an accident, daddy showed up. Me and mama was there. That game was over. No, it was, they were still playing, but it was over for her. She going to the house. What am I saying? Simply this. When you need him, just make a pass at him. You just, make, you just look at him. Just give him that look like, God, I need you. Communicate with him. God has made his ultimate gift exchange available to each one of us. Yeah, but Pastor B, how do I get it? Matthew eleven twenty eight. Come to me, all who are weary and burdened, and I will give you rest for your soul. In Philippians 4, we're not going to go there, but Paul talks about dealing with anxiety. And he says that the, the, the way that I go to God, this is Paul, the way that I go to God, sometimes I worship. Sometimes I, I, I petition or pray. We know that as beg. Anybody ever beg God before? And wonder why he hadn't moved on your behalf? Because you're begging him for something that he do, is not really going to help you in the long run. God, send that check today. Help me win that lottery today. Somebody said, y'all talking about lottery? Yeah, we're trying to build a church, y'all. Just kidding. I'm not kidding, but I'm kidding. See, He says, sometimes I beg God, sometimes I just thank God. Bottom line, I just go to God however I'm feeling. Y'all know, Pastor B, I'm, I'm just real as it gets. There ain't no fakeness here. If I'm mad, you know I'm mad. Let me say this. When I'm mad, God knows I'm mad. And somehow I don't feel like talking to God. Because he ain't answered my prayer like I thought he should. Well, that's the problem. Like I thought I should. His ways are higher than mine. I can't possibly wrap my head around what I think I need. Oh, I, I know what I need in the moment, but it's probably not what I need to sustain me. Because what's going to sustain me is what God wants for me. Check your list. He's making a list. Checking it twice. I know, we talk about the other guy. <laughs> oh my gosh, now he's talking about Santa Claus. I'm so confused. <laughs> Listen, can I give you good news today? Came for some good news? He said, the bottom line is I go to God. And Paul tells us that he gets what he gets from God in that moment is an unexplainable peace that goes way beyond his understanding. That's what he says in Luke. The same thing can happen for you and I today. He will give us a peace that goes way past the doctor's report. He will give us peace that goes way past a bank statement. He will give you a peace that goes way past a jacked up relationship stuff that you might be facing. Hello? He'll give you a peace that goes way beyond family drama. And the church said, oh me. Yeah, me too. 
It's a peace that surpasses all understanding. And it's a peace that doesn't even make sense in your life. He just says, come. Now, I'm almost done. I realize that coming to God may look different from all of us, for all of us. You don't have to have been raised in church to come to God. This could be your first time in the building. This could be your first time clicking on a link on Facebook. You can come to God just how you are, even with what you did last night, who you did it with last night, and what you said last night. You can still come to God. He just says, come. He didn't come for perfect people. If we were all perfect, guess what? He wouldn't have sent him to the manger. There would have been no need for Jesus. He came because we jacked up. That's not good English, but you know exactly what I meant. We jacked up. For me, coming to God looked a lot different. I don't remember the exact age that I was. I was always impressed when pastors or evangelists would come in and go, at the age of 12, there was this moment. I don't remember how old I was. I just remember that my parents divorced when I was in kindergarten. And uh, dad lived in a, in, a, in a little single wide trailer up on a hill in the mountains of North Carolina. And I would go visit every other weekend. And I'll never forget, I don't even remember what day it was. It was, what, it was Friday, Saturday, Sunday. <laughs> Y'all know how it works. And I remember dad explaining, and I knew, I've been in church, I, I, I knew this stuff. I was the little sheep. You know, <laughs> I was all that, I remember. But just coming in here doesn't make it, it's not make it where you're just going to go to heaven. you got to make a heart decision. And I'll never forget, don't remember exactly what he said, but I remember Dad leading me in the prayer of salvation in his little trailer beside his little couch on my knees. I don't know what it looked like for you. But it was in that moment of innocence and surrender that I had as just a small child And that's all that God needed. Now, does that mean from that moment forward that I lived the Christian life? (laughs) You crazy if you think so. Because those of y'all that were saved at a young age, I don't think it probably worked that way for you either. But throughout the course of my life, through all the painful things that I've experienced in my own life, the disappointments, my own divorce, betrayal, Suicide attempt in my 20s that God spared my life. The death of God. The death of of other family members. And then in 2020, my dad and Robin. And then COVID. And I'm trying to lead a church in the midst of my life. Felt like it's falling apart. And give hope when I didn't have much in my bank account of hope to give anybody. It was through all of those moments, and I'm now 47, that I can look back and go, he never left me when I got up from my knees in that trailer. He never left me. He never left me. And I left out a lot of ugly stuff. I just named the highlights. I need y'all to come back. (laughs) Jesus needs you to come back. 
But I can look back through all the hurt and disappointment and anger and frustration, and I know that he was with me. And at moments when I didn't even have, I didn't want to pray, didn't want to pray. Knew I needed to, didn't feel like it, so I didn't. Ever been there? I would put on Christian music and not even really have the faith to believe what they were singing, even though I lead the same songs on Sundays. But there was something that happened when I did that that got God's attention. And all he saw, yeah, he, he saw all the stuff that I did, 47 years of messed up stuff. But the one thing he's noticed was that my son trying to get to me. When I didn't want to pray, I didn't want to talk to God, but I just put on, put on a tape or, or uh, listen. He said, as like Ansley gave Amy and I the eye that night on the football field, he, got, he, he looked beyond all that and he said, I got you. Help is on the way. And I came today to tell somebody, he, he sees all that you've gone through. And right now, for those that, that, to, that choose to, to tune in for these last few moments, he's looking beyond all the heartache and all the frustration and even all the anger that you've had towards him because things hurt and life hurts. He's zoning right in on you. And he goes, I see you and I got you. Listen, there's no wrong way or right way to come to God. You're never too far gone and you're never too broken. Broken vessels work best. Just because you make things right doesn't mean you're going to be whole. You still going to have, you can, you can take a vase and it can be cracked and you can go back and glue it and it can still do what it was created to do. It can hold a potted plant or a flower, but you still, unless you're real, <coughs> unless you're real good, you're still going to see the crack. We all got cracks and, 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 and you can see where chunks have been pulled out that's okay that's what that's what that's what allows us when you, when I can stand up here and go yeah it hurt like you know what and somebody go I identify with the you know what because I'm going through you know what but I came today and I showed up to tell somebody you will get through it <clears throat> In closing, in closing, I think one of the things that keeps us from coming to God when we need him most is the sense of, but what I have to offer him isn't enough. That's a lie from the pit of hell. It was appropriate to say that word that time. What you have is enough. Who you are is enough. We've all been there. We've all felt that way at some time. Yeah, I know, Pastor B, I'm supposed to bring him my life, but man, look at my life. Anybody ever felt that? I know I'm supposed to bring him this, but this, this, this ain't what he wants. No, it's exactly what he wants. Remember what I said early on? This gift exchange between what God has and what we, what we can offer him, it's one-sided. I mean, it, it's just, and he always knew it from the very beginning. It was never about we were going to measure up. The measure, 
our measurement is up to Jesus. It's, it's Jesus. When, he's, when God sees us, he sees his son. He's, Jesus, he's, this is me. And when I come to God, in, in all my jacked upness throughout the week, road rage and all, Jesus stands in front and goes, but I got you. I'm covering you. So, so he doesn't see your mess. He sees the mess of his son. I said this, and I think I reshared it on Facebook. It was a message that I taught on a Wednesday night. That this beautiful, this beautiful nativity that we like to portray, it didn't look as beautiful as it normally does back then. That's not what it looked. That's not what really happened. We we have rooms filled with with Glade plugins and and fragrances. Can I tell you what fragrance that Jesus was born into? Y'all know we live in Levy County. You can smell it real good on a, on a sun, sunny day when the wind's blowing just right. Caca, dung, doo-doo. Listen, 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 listen. He came in a mess. He came in a mess. It was messy. And he left a mess. The Bible says that you couldn't even, you couldn't even make out that he was human. His flesh was just ripped. Looked like hamburger meat. He came in a mess. He left it. He came in a mess to get to your mess. The Bible says he'll take us just the way we are. The Bible also says that we can come to him in our time of need not when I, I come to him when I'm perfect but when I need him have you, let me ask you where are my parents at you ever got a how many have grown gr- older kids that went through the young toddler stage Whoo, we made it guys we made it now for those of y'all that are in it right now we pray for you we pray for you we pray for you because we know we've been there. Got the nasty, messy t-shirts to prove it. But y'all remember ever getting gifts from your kids? You know, they go to vacation Bible school or, you know, they at school, a little pottery. Or they, they cut out, the, they cut out the, the paper plates and cut it out make it green and Christmas wreath. Be, it's so beautiful, wasn't it? <laughs> y'all know I'm lying. But we didn't care what it looked like. We didn't care if it would stand on the table by itself. Some of y'all be putting that paint on so thick that that plate would just stand there. It was like rock solid, like ceramic. We didn't care. What did we care about? That it came from our kid, our children. And God, the same is true for us. God doesn't care if we're broken, if we can stand up straight. You're his kid. So what does God get in the gift exchange? You. Just you. Just you. Just as you are. You're the gift. This is what he's saying to you today. You're the gift. You are my son. You are my daughter. I win in this exchange. Don't let this be my voice. Let this be the voice of the Holy Spirit. Just close your eyes right where you are. Let this, let, this be, let, this be the, let this be the voice of your heavenly Father today. You're the gift. 
You are my son. You are my daughter. And my child, I win. (laughs) I win in this exchange. I get to do life with you. And I get to give you everything that I've got. Look at me, church. That is the ultimate, ultimate gift exchange. Worship team, will you come? With every head bowed and every eye closed. I just want to pray for you this morning. We're going to close out with a worship song in just a moment. This is the new one we just learned with Ansley. And then we'll go home. But Father, I just lift up every single person under the sound of my voice in this room online. Father, that you would encourage them today to know that they are enough. Help them to recognize and be confident in knowing that what the enemy meant for evil and the destruction that he meant for their life, you are turning it around for their good. Help them to see that regardless of where they are, regardless of where they've been and what they've done, that they are enough. I want to give you two opportunities to respond with every head bowed and every eye closed. Maybe, you're, maybe you have a relationship with God. Maybe you're saved. You, you experienced that. Maybe it looked similar to my experience as a small child. Maybe it looked completely different. But you just go, you know what? I need God in this moment. December 11th, 2022. I need you, God. I need you. That's not a sign of weakness. That's a sign of strength. In just a moment, I'm going to count to three, and I want you to shoot your hand up just as fast as you can. All I'm going to do is pray for you right where you sit. You say, I'm saved, but I need God in this moment. I have been pushed and pushed and pushed, and I need his strength. I'm telling you, it's coming today. It's coming today. And secondly, if you say, you know what? I want to start a relationship with Jesus. I want to start a relationship with God today. I want to start this. All this that you said, man, I know that I, I, be, I believe there's a God. I don't really understand it all, and you don't have to understand it all. <laughs> but if you say, I, I want to I start, I want to I I go all in for God. I want to pray for you as well. So first of all, I'm going to count to three in just a moment. You say, I need God in this moment. I'm saved. I know it, but I need God. I need God. In the, he sees. You don't, he sees. He knows. I need God. Secondly, I want to know God. I want to receive God. I want, I want him to be the Lord of my life. If that's you, the count of three, I want you to shoot your hand up just as fast as you can. One, two, three. Hands up all over this room. Hands up all over this room. Hands up all over this room. So, Father, here we are with our hands uplifted high. There's still time you can get in on it. Just throw the hand up. It's all right. God, we, we, here we are fully surrendered to you 
Those of us that have a relationship with you, that we have felt pressed, we have felt just, just going, we're going through it. God, I, we need you. God, I need you. God, I need you. Just let, this, let's let that roll off your tongue. God, I need you. God, you don't have to shout it out. You can if you want to, but you can say, God, I need you. In this moment, come on, we're closing, we're done, but just, God, I need you. I need you. Come on. If you feel it, let it out. Come on. I need you. God, I need you. God, I need you. God, I need you. Come on. Come on. Come on. Come on. Come on. I know. I, I, I'm asking you to do it. It's uncomfortable. Oh, I know. <laughs> I know. God, I need you. I'm telling you, there is something free. There is something free. I'm going to give you an opportunity again. And we're going to shout it out on the count of three. God, I need you. Make a noise. Look at me. Look at me. Look at me with your hands up. Make a noise. Make a noise on the count of three. God, I need you. Are you ready? God, I need you. God, I need you. Come on. I'm tell- it's something freeing that happens when we put our mouth to what we- what's in our heart. I just gave you some word. It's in your spirit. It's right there. It's what you're going to say even this week when all hell is coming against you. God, I need you. Are you ready? One, two, three. God, I need you. God, I need you. Now, for those of you that lifted your hand and said, I need him to be my Lord and Savior. Let's say this prayer together. Oh, God, I come before you right now confessing I'm a sinner. You already knew that. And I need you. See, you just come to him like, uh, we're in the middle of a prayer. And I just, I I know. But that's how you come to him. He already knows. And And he gave you that sense of humor to be that way with him. So God, I'm a sinner. And I need you. Come into my life. Take away anything that is not of you. Every desire. Every passion. That habit, whatever it is for you, that's, that's between you and him. It ain't got nothing to do with me. Don't need to know. Make me new. Create in me a clean heart and renew a right spirit within me. Be my Lord. Be my Savior. Be my comforter and my peace. In Jesus' name. And everybody said... Amen. Amen. Well, thanks again for tuning in. To hear more messages like this one, make sure to subscribe and check out our podcast channel for past episodes. And if you like what you're hearing, consider rating it and even sharing it with your friends. For more content from Release City or just to stay connected with us, be sure to check us out on all of our social media platforms at Release City Church or through our website at releasecitychurch.org. We love you. And until next time, the best is yet to come.